Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome along to the Big Red Bench. I'm Kieran Regan. Ron Grace is inside the main studio and we have a jammer show on the way. We're going to hear from Father O'Neill's and Killard Victor today in the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship semi-finals. We'll also hear from Nemo, Duhalo and St. Finbars from the matches last night in Parky Rin and we have lots, lots more to get through. An absolutely jam-packed show between now and 7 o'clock. It's all on the way. Yeah, welcome along to the show. The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM, an absolutely jam-packed show uh, between now and seven, as it always is. And then uh, after seven at half past, we have a live preview, Facebook Live, of the Cork Senior Ladies Football Championship final, but Senior A, that is, between Moran Abbey and West Cork. But that's coming up a little bit later on. Very busy day of sport in action, Ryan. Jam-packed day, Kieran. Sure, like you say, that's the only way we know how to do it. So, look. <laughs> well, look, it has to be done. It has to be done. It has to be done. I'm going to start with Gaelic Games. I'm going to start in Parky Rin because it's my new favourite place now to go to. <laughs> yeah, like, like you'd, you'd swear you were there all the time. The way you were talking, it's like you have your own spot now in the press box like, I was there for the first time what's yesterday. this fell on like? got absolutely soaked <laughs> and you know what like, it's, it's, it's like I've been there all my life now I have to say <laughs> there was another double header though today Ed Park you're in of course the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship semi-finals uh, Kilworth came out on top against Inishkara. the final score there was two goals and 16 points to Inishkara's 15 points so Kilworth booking their place there in the county final first ever time as well first ever time Is being in right? the semi-final so uh, first time being in the final though Wow, yeah, very impressive. They'll be delighted. So, and they'll be joined by Father O'Neill's because I believe at full time whistle there, uh, they were playing Blarney, and Father O'Neill's came out on top on that one as well. It was one goal, twenty points to Blarney's one goal, eighteen. Yeah, made very hard work of it though, Ryan. Um, they were ten, I think, was it ten points up at half time, and uh, Blarney just really came back at them uh, in the second half. But uh, O'Neill's held out in the end. So, okay. Father O'Neill's and Kilwart in the County Premier Intermediate Final. Very good, very good. Now elsewhere we had a Premier Intermediate Football Championship. There was a quarterfinal replay today. That was between Bandon and Bantry Blues. And again, it was Bantry Blues who just came out on top in that one. It was one goal, 14 points to Bandon's one goal, 12. Just a two-point game there in the end as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, action in the Junior A Football Championship. Uh, at 3 o'clock today, uh, it threw in. It was uh, Kilshanig versus Ballon Hasig. And that uh, overwhelming victory there for Kilshanig. Actually, two goals and 10 points to Ballon Hasig's four points not much of a contest there for uh, Kill Shannon. Yeah, they're, they're a busy, they're a busy team because you're just about to say they're out again tonight. But they are out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they are out again tonight in the Junior B Football Championship. It's like you read my mind here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Junior B Football Championship action. It is at 7.45 this evening. And just as you say, it is Kilshanig. They're up against uh, a Kiss Keem. 
this evening. So um, there's uh, one more. Sorry, before you sorry. Uh, run on there, Ryan. Uh, one other result. Uh, it would be a favour to uh, not mention it. The Red FM sponsor, Devon Do Under Twenty One uh, B Hurling Championship Final was played today in Budafent. Uh, it was a win for Kilavolan over Clyde Rovers, eighteen points to six. That was a six point win for uh, Kilavolan. So uh, congratulations to all them there. There you go. Thanks, Kieran. That's uh, that's why we bounce off. We work so well together because where I fall, you lift me back up. So. Who's who's Rory O'Hagan? I, I, no, I <laughs> He's listening now. He'll be texting. Camogie action as well today. Of course, the county senior Camogie semi-finals took place at Castle Road this afternoon. Uh, two great games. Sars overcame St. Finbar's to book their place in the final. That game finished two goals and nine points to St. Finbar's one goal, eight points. Yeah, in the the other semi-final, Ryan Inniscara taking on. Kill at the moment. They're 11 minutes into the second half, and it's Inascara who uh, lead nine points to seven. Very close game there, though. Um, and you mentioned uh, Sars into uh, the final there. Very young side, Sars. Bars would have gone into that as favourites, so maybe an element of surprise in that result. But Sars in the final, though, anyway, and they'll uh, definitely be going gung ho against either Inascara or Killer. Plenty of time left in that game to, to play. Great stuff. All right, we'll keep it moving then. The Rugby World Cup action, of course, continuing today. Wales had a good win against Australia. It was the first time they've beaten Australia in a World Cup since 1987, if you can believe it. They led at halftime by 15 points. Now, the Aussies did come back in the second half. It wasn't quite enough, though, Wales with the victory there in the end, 29-25. to 25. Yeah, probably came at a tournament yeah, so far. Pro- oh, probably, yeah. yeah. Certainly one of the highest scoring, you would have thought, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, tries from Garrett Davies. Hadley Parks uh, helped Warren Gatlin's side get over the line Wales are actually now top of Pool D as it stands they're three points clear of Australia so um, so they'll be happy out with that uh, very very much earlier on this morning I think it got underway just after 6am uh, Georgia beat off Uruguay that's the other game in Pool D of today um, and they won by 33 points to 7 I believe uh, Georgia winning that game there uh, in the football still scoreless approaching half time the showgrounds between Sligo Rovers and Dundalk that's the second of this year's FAI Cup semi-finals of course Dundalk aiming to reach the decider for the fifth time in a row um, while they won it last won it back in 2013 Uh, one game today just the one game in the Premier League this afternoon uh, Leicester City leading Newcastle at four goals to nil yeah Derek Clark is over there right Leicester City 4, Newcastle United 0 It's reading goals at the King Power Stadium It's Jimmy Vardy with his second of the evening It was a delightful cross from the substitute Mark Albright and into the back post And there was Vardy to nod home to make it Leicester 4, Newcastle 0 yeah, so Leicester with the win there, and or well, what will look like a sure, a sure win at this. You're really jumping ahead of yourself there. <laughs> well, do you know, do you know what? If, New, if they come back and lose five four now, <laughs> I can't. I wouldn't think so. Newcastle down to ten men there as well. Uh, lots of discussion over that red card. Uh, his name escapes me. Uh, who got the card? But he kind of oh, went. It was uh, Isaac Hayden. Yeah, he went in for the ball. He got the ball, but it was probably a bit. Rash his yeah. foul and uh, the referee gave her a straight red, so they're down to ten men. Okay, fair so enough. Probably won't be winning five four. I, I don't think. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, Leicester will actually go third in the table there if they win that, I believe. And West Ham, if I'm not mistaken, will be moved down to fourth. So actually, Leicester in third, West Ham in fourth until tomorrow night's game, of course, which is Arsenal versus Manchester United at Old Trafford. So hopefully things might uh, shake up a bit there. Yeah, Man United yeah. win in there. Uh, well, we'll wait and see. We'll <laughs> wait and see. Uh, just briefly. 
Curran before I finish up just to the golf the Open champion Shane Lowry he was the best of the Irish at this year's Alfred Dunhill Links Championship now he finished on 17 under par after shooting a 4 under 68 today McElroy and Podrick Harrington ended their weeks on 15 under however it was Victor Perez of France he was the overall winner on 22 under par yeah, a busy day of uh, sporting action. We'll keep you up to date on that Camogie game that's happening, the County Senior uh, Championship semi-final between Inascara and uh, Killa, because there is plenty of time. There's about 20 minutes left in that, so uh, we can come back to uh, Ryan uh, shortly on that. But uh, you mentioned earlier on, Ryan, uh, Father O'Neill taking on Blarney today, and O'Neill's were left hanging on after a 10-point halftime lead was almost fully eroded in the second half. The first two minutes brought two goals. First from O'Neill's Billy Dunn, who uh, possibly lucky not to see red. He got a yellow for a foul, but um, uh, he was on the, the pitch. He got one of the goals and then Shane Barrett of Blarney, but then uh, Declan Dalton's points helped Father O'Neill's to lead by 113 to 1-3 at halftime. In the second half, Mark Coleman inspired Blarney came back strongly, but just couldn't draw level and O'Neill's advanced to face Killert in the final. Uh, Dennis spoke to O'Neill's joint manager, Brian Sweeney. I see you're delighted for the last few minutes like on the sideline. Uh, look, <laughs> Do you know, of course we are delighted and you know, if you, whether you win again by 10 points or win by one point, that's, that, that's the yeah. main thing. And you know, while it's always not nice to be, to be, when you're in a real dogged battle like that, you learn so much about the character of your players and the character of your club and how, and how you can come through. And you know, the semi-finals are there to be won. They're, they're sometimes they're the toughest games that you can yeah. go through. They're there to be won. They're heartbreaking when, when, when you lose them and they're there to win it because it gives you an opportunity for a final. That's, yeah. And that's what we have. We have an opportunity. We're in a final. And when you were 10 points up at halftime, I suppose you're always expecting a strong response from Blarney, but it, it, it's probably hard, you know, when the first half has gone so well to to be able to, to steal yourself for that, is it? I, d- I don't think so, because we, we, we like it's everything. You tell the players to reset, it's a draw yeah. game, because you know that when a team is a semi-final, they're not going to lie down, they're not going to lie down. Time. We knew that Blarney, we knew that they would have character, they have horrors yeah. coming in, they have stars all over the pitch. Coleman set up young, young Barrett, Project Powers, all these these players stood up and they, and they had real grit and determination. Yeah. Um, and look, so do our fellas. So do our fellas. We had to, we had to be very determined there yeah. in the last in the second half. And you were always able to get a point or two to kind of I, I, keep them at arm's length. Crucial moments, you know, yeah. crucial moments. And um, our defence, I tell you, um, was was exceptional, particularly close to close to the goal. You know, they threatened yeah. their goal and, and the last um, in the last while we marked a great chance to come in and join. And we, we stood we stood strong to the challenge as well. So and I think Dan. Harrington made a great intervention just, he made the very end just well. right at the very end yeah right of it and there you know you know defence defence stop you from losing games you know for yeah, yeah. midfields will probably win a game for you but defence stop you from yeah. losing and uh, yeah it was a real battle though. and how important was the under 21 win um, in terms of just you know giving lads belief that they could go on and you know, do the job and prevent immediate. It's it's hugely important. You know, you, you're you're fired on by by victory and not being yeah. defeat. And that's very it's very important that we that uh, the club is on a momentum. Um, it's on a momentum, and victory will always carry you. Yeah. So, you know, we've lost finals in the past as well, and you've had to you have to learn yeah. from that defeat as well. But it, it's important because what what that has done, I suppose, it's given the under twenty ones belief, but it's also given the fellas a hunger around them. Do you know, yeah, they want yeah. part of that and said, you know, you know, I want so I want the part of this. I I, I want to win, you know. You can always say you play to enjoy, but you play to win a game. Like yeah. you play to win something at the end of it. And look, we've given ourselves an opportunity to do that. And you're just saying that the lads come through with a McKinney next week. Yeah. No injuries and no no injuries. Yeah, that's the win. That, that is a big part of it. But look, I suppose that's that's it. We'll probably be a victim of. Um, 
just successful victim of some of the quality of the lads that we have you know yeah. that they're involved in McKilly but look those lads are they're fit they look after themselves um, and, and yeah obviously we'll be watching <laughs> watching with eager that they come through it and, and I suppose they're looking to create their own bit of history as well themselves perfect yeah Dennis Hurley speaking to uh, Father O'Neill's joint manager Brian Sweeney apologies about the uh, child screaming in the background <laughs> just, possibly a yeah. blarney child uh, not happy with the result I was just going to say Kieran, if you'd mind just not screaming now for the rest of the show like you've got it out of your system now so just no more screaming okay yeah apologies uh, to our listeners about that but anyway that was, a, that was only one game in Park here in today there was of course two the first one being Kilwart and Inniscarran first half goals from Noel McNamara and Jamie Sheen were important as the Avondue side led by 2-6 to 11 points at half time Michael Coleman having five of the Inniscarran points and Colm Casey three uh, McNamara continued to be a plentiful source of scores for Kilwart in the second half and they finished well to book their place in their first ever final after the game uh, Dennis spoke to Kilwart manager Damien McNamara brother of players Noel and Morris obviously <laughs> delighted with that you did a job to do when you did it yeah look uh, I suppose coming into the game like um, in Scarra after beating three fair teams uh, probably favourites every year Bellin has one Mala second up and then Castlevanes with 14 men um, so we were under no illusions coming in here today what we had to perform uh, probably dropped off in the first half in the last 5-10 minutes got that goal that Jamie got was vital to get that we were going in 3 points down other than that but what we dropped a small bit say, 15 minutes before that we just spoke to the boys Cam and Cooper half time we have been all year um, just up the work rate if we can up our work rate we'd be happy enough the scores will come there was a strong win there as well in the second half we also said like that was going to win nothing for us as I said before and like the way they came off the three wins they had like they were fairly impressive like so that was the going to win I think for us that one John the win was nearly as much of a hindrance as anything because it is kind of going diagonally even when we were doing the warm up there it was kind of up and down like we were kind of able to form us there before um, the game like what way we'd play like but look, luckily enough we, we won the task we said we'd play up against it but as I say in the warm up it was kind of up and down it was strong gale at one stage next thing you'd drop off you wouldn't even know yeah. you'd take off the test uh, or whatever one ten for for Noel like he really really comes good when you need him doesn't he ah uh, yeah um, I suppose it's work rate sometimes to be questionable I, I'm the big brother would be questioning yeah, yeah. it a bit like I'd probably be harder on himself a mass more so than any of the boys but um, yeah. yeah look uh, like we've big name for big game players all over the pitch like you know we've worked really hard I suppose from last year the defeat that we had against Father Neils um, we were gutted after that but look as I say we're happy to get to the final and just get over the line as well you know yeah, Damien McNamara speaking to Dennis Hurley there after the game. The Kilwart uh, manager, apologies for the wind there. The lads mentioned how strong the wind was in Parky Rin today. And uh, you can certainly hear it in that uh, bit of audio. Now, uh, there was another double header there uh, last night as well to, to well... They were on paper going to be two very good games, Duhallo and Clan and Nemo and the Bars, but the weather played havoc. Before we go into the the uh, the, the audio there, Ryan, you were down there. Obviously, it it you know it wasn't a great night for for any type of GA. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I mean the idea. The conditions were less than ideal. You would say like, oh, well, far less than ideal, really. Like you say that. It wasn't the night for it, you know, but it had to be the night to get the games done. So that that was just the way it had to be, I'm afraid, you know. Yeah, like the weather played a massive part in it. It actually 
you know, for how bad it started off, it only got worse. It was like by the time by the time Nemo and Bars were coming on, like it was it was really something now, you know, like uh I, I got absolutely drowned at walking back to my car afterwards. Not that I'm gonna complain or anything. No harm for you. But well look, yeah, look to make to make a man of me, I suppose. But uh yeah, no, uh the rain was just crazy. Like the, you could see it, especially in the the Nemo Bars game. Like the the ball was slippy, the surface was slippy. There were players sliding all over the place, and and what was already kind of like a a kind of a, a bullish kind of game nearly kind of grew into something more because there were lads throwing in high tackles and things like that. Just be, I feel like because the weather conditions, because lads were flying around the place anyway, it just kind of gave way to more tackles, uh, more kind of like a, a, a worse pass completion rate. The ball was flying all around the place. Like, so it was just, it, it did turn a bit, uh, kind of chaotic there, I suppose, for the second game more so, and the first game as well. Like, so yeah, it was less than ideal, really. Yeah, um, just a result we just got there, Ryan. Uh, Mallow have defeated Carrigline in the county junior uh, ladies football uh, final as well. They've defeated Carrigline 4 8 to 2 9. So, uh, congrats to Mallow there. Now, you, you were at the match, you spoke to Nemo Rangers manager Paul Kavanagh uh, after the game. Yeah, we're happy. Um, I thought, uh, first half was look, we all it was going to be a dogged affair between ourselves and the Bears and uh, I just felt we control even against the breeze in the first half and against the elements I thought uh, we created we should have got another couple of scores but we didn't we were very unlucky with Luke's shot that came back off the uh, the post and hit Conor Hogan in the head and unfortunately went wide but I thought we uh, we stayed in the game well they went 5-2 up and we managed to get it back to 5 all and then uh, we I think we ended uh, half time 6-5 down I think the score was at half time um, second half I thought we controlled the game well we kept them down to only a couple of scores there near the end which was which was great like I mean uh, like we have huge respect for those guys and in fairness to them they're great they're a class club they're a class side and uh, we're delighted to come out on top be particularly proud, Paul. Just with the conditions tonight, you must be happy with how they played, how your players rallied with the, with the given the torrential rain. Yeah, in the first half, I think we'd uh, 14 turnovers in the first half, so we weren't happy with that. But I thought in the second half we kept the ball very well. We retained our possession well. We ran well off the shoulder, and, and our handling was better in the second half. Um, we created the chances in the second half, and we took them as well. We'd very, we'd very few wides in the second half, so that was critical as well. Do you think that made the difference in the second half? Just come down to actually just taking chances was that the difference that made it for you in the second half? I thought it was retaining possession and using it better, not carrying into the tackle so much as we did in the first half, not getting turned over. And uh, once we created the chances, then got the rifles on the ball. Mark Cronin got a couple of scores. Uh, Conor Hogan got a couple of scores. Luke Paul Kerrigan got two great scores to put to put us ahead. So they were the critical times, getting the rifles on the ball. Whereas in the first half, uh, Barry Driscoll took two shots with his right. He's a left footer, like, but he was just cutting his right, and we just said at half time we just need to get the ball in these conditions onto the right, kick it with your good leg, you know. And defensively, we're solid in the second half. You held them scores for 28 minutes. We did. I thought we got our matchups right. I mean, it was very important to keep Stephen Sherlock quiet. I mean, everyone knows his how good he is as a uh, the potential he has, and when he gets the ball in his hands, now he scores. So we wanted to get that matchup right. So I thought we did. Uh, The other matchups as well, I thought we just got them right, and we were very good. The lads defended very well, particularly the full. Backline. The scores, those points that were from Luke and Carl, the two great scores. There were two. Yeah, so Paul's two scores there from the right hand side with his right foot were fantastic. Uh, Luke got a brilliant run again, again from the right corner, and Conor Hogan got two from over on the left. So, I mean, they're crucial in the night like tonight. Yeah, the night. Well, he did. 
Yeah, yeah and, uh, and the f- two fees in the second half there were fantastic as well. From distance. Local derby, and they had a great win in fairness to them against uh, Balancholic, so it's even closer local derby than the last one, so we need to be right for it again. Uh, and we'll just prepare like we did for this one and try and get our get our, get back down to we have a recovery session on the morning and uh, just get our act together now for the next two weeks, work hard and, and try and be in the right frame of mind and, and get the right game plan in place for the next day. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, Paul Kavanagh, uh, the manager of Nemo Rangers, speaking after that match last night in which they defeated St. Finbar's in a... Probably it was horrific weather for, for football, really uh, certainly affected us. Uh, the Bears were missing a number of players as well. Paul O'Keefe spoke to at Ryan. He alludes to that here as well. Um, like there were similar challenges during the game and other black cards. So like you are probably looking for a bit of consistency there. Like so I was disappointed with that. But look, to be honest, and look, I'm not making excuses. Like, but look, we, we had 12 injuries, you know. And there isn't a team in the country can tolerate that, you know. Like, and, and when you factor in, you so you get a black card on one of your first six. Uh, Dylan Quinn went off again, like with another injury. It's just sickening, you know. Like, you know, we just look, we just ran out of players straight. You know, it's plain and simple. You know, like we've we've had two hamstring operations. You've had a collarbone operation. You probably have another ankle operation. You know, like one, Alan O'Connor yes, rolled his ankle during the week. And I'm not making excuses anymore. Better on the night, like, but geez, you know, you, you'd say, look, if we had our absolute best 15 available you know I definitely think that the result would have gone you know would have gone our way looking at that's putting no bones on it you know but that's not to take away from Nemo's victory look as I say look there's a special you know there's a special thing between the Bears and Nemo it's a standalone game and you know look fair play to him and look I do wish him the best of luck like but it's uh, it's a sickener just that you know just have so many Injuries and kind of not, not, not a, that you could kind of pin down, just kind of freakish stuff, and it's just you know, uh, just kind of a bad into a bad year, you know, put it behind us and hopefully come back stronger next year. Did you feel at halftime at a point? Lee? Uh, look, I, I, you know what? I thought I was in the melting pot. I thought we did really well. You know, like uh, look to be fair to Shieldsy, like for old legs, I thought he, geez, I thought he put in a massive ship for us, like you know, true blue to the core, like and and I just thought we, I thought we were there, thereabouts. You know, I knew, look. I knew it was going to be a dog fight, like, and that's look even with the conditions tonight. That was always going to be the way, like, and um, I thought we still had a chance, you know. I knew we were kind of struggling a bit, and you knew, like, you knew like, when when you looked at the bench with all the, you know, due respect to the lads that we had on, and like you're bringing on minors and starting minors, that kind of says it all, you know. Look, and, and those lads have a bright future ahead of them, you know. Hopefully, but uh, there's a couple of hard lessons to learn tonight from, like, you know. But it's uh, uh, look, it's just really disappointing, you know. Uh, I knew, look, I kind of felt, look, that if we, you know, we two or three guys coming back from injury, that would have been back next week, you know, and maybe Sam, you know, maybe Sam Ryan might have made it as well. And, you know, you just knew tonight was going to be, was going to be the banana skin, like, so, and it proved to be that way, like, you know, so, but look, it's uh, it's a pity, but sure, look, we'll rise again. Yeah, Paul O'Keefe, manager of St. Finbar, is very uh, gracious in defeat there after they uh, lost out to Nemo Rangers last night. The uh, Camogie County Senior Semi-Final has ended in a draw. Ten points apiece between Inascara and Killa. That's a big, big result. So uh, there's a replay on the cards now. Uh, details on that, Ryan? Uh, just coming up, TBC here, Kieran, and the... the um on the Twitter page here. Is it 10 points each in the end going to a replay? Yeah, uh, well, it's just come out in the last uh, 30 seconds, actually. Um, Sunday, the 6th of October, the Sunday week at 4.30 in Castle Road. Ah. So uh, they have it all to do again next week down in uh, the county Camogie grounds. Uh, that'll be a very interesting game now as well. Um, 
Killa doing uh, very well coming up along and uh, Indescar obviously been there in her own that for the last number of years um, so yeah County uh, semi-final going to a replay there um, Duhalo were in action last night in the first game against uh, Clon. Uh, they Ryan. were, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were in action against Clon the first game. A higher scoring affair than the second one. It was more, uh, much more kind of open play. Uh, Duhalo were just like so impressive, Kieran. I have to say, like, I know I said it to you yesterday when we linked on the show, but I mean, my God, that, uh, that, that front attacking six that Duhalo put out just, the, 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 I keep talking about the weather, how bad the rain was. They just didn't care. They just played the whole way through it. They did not care one bit. Uh, Anthony O'Connor had an absolute blinder, as did Owen McSweeney. The two of them had great games. But you like uh, even Paul Walsh and Aidan Walsh in the second half kind of came alive. The midfield duo from Kenturk really came alive as well, you know. So um, so they kind of... they. They, I, I suppose Ross Mannix had a good game for Klan. He opened the scoring and Klan kind of went ahead. And the first kind of, I'd say maybe four or five minutes was kind of towards that end. And you're kind of thinking, is this going to go a certain way? But then from then on, literally Duhalo just had control of the game. The whole, um, the whole 60 minutes was just Duhalo. And every time they got into that danger zone, every time they got it up to the half forwards or the full forwards, you're thinking, here we go again. Like their passes were so sweet. They just didn't mind the weather at all. And they just got the, job done fairly comfortably in the end Yeah you spoke to the uh, Duhalo manager after Yes that's right yeah I spoke to Podrick Kearns there after the game Yeah very happy job done the conditions were very wet um, wet for both teams but um, it was a good game of football very open, good game of football but um, we, we caught up for a couple of chances gave them a few chances but they didn't convert um, all in all in the first half we, we dominated the game in the first half and then set up our platform for the rest of the game well, I suppose um, Clannacilty are a good traditional team. Look, it was hard to get football out there, so I wouldn't be putting down Clannacilty. They've been patches, they played very well. They're a good, good up-and-coming team, so I wouldn't be saying that Clann gave us enough in the first 10, ten minutes quarter an hour, but after we took, we, took, we took off. In any game, you're up a couple of points, and then you know the opposite team We get 10 minutes for running, you know, so you must weather the storm, and that's what we did, weather the storm. When we came good again, we brought on a few subs, ran out a few fellas, and they played well when they came on. Ian West, Ian West got three points and he came on. Um, Con Cannell came on, did the job. Um, Alan Ryan from the market playing Hornet at the moment mostly, but he played very well at centre back when um, Killian got a black card. Yeah, that of course there, Podrick Kearns, manager of Duhello, speaking to myself in Parky Rin last night. I also asked Podrick just after that about the strength and the depth that he has in that Duhello squad. Well, you are, but um, you don't know when you pick up injuries, and sometimes it's, it's a headache when you have so many good players and know they can play 15. As we showed there, we did leap and, and like five, four or five other fellas could have came on lock on McLaughlin and did a run tonight, a few more like that. Like we have a serious panel, and that's that's what you need if you want to win, get to get to where we stopped last year. Newstone, our, our, our next objective is one game at a time, and uh, if we don't beat Newstone, we don't get to county final. So we must give Newstone respect. Four years ago, we played Newstone, and it was a point, one score game for most of the game. I think was it one nine to nine or something like that. Newstone won't be bad. They'll be a well-drilled team, and our traditional footballers down there. So I, if you don't give respect to Newstone or Newstone. You'll be in trouble. So this time last year, um, Bor, we were the only team that were in championship last year, and there are rest teams over this year. They're all in it except for Chapel, no matter in the hurling. So, yeah, it's a good thing they're playing championship next week. Now again, it's better than any 10, 10 training sessions with the Hollow. So, be, the, the, the team for championship will be up. 
Yeah, there's uh, Patrick Kearns, manager of Duhallo, uh, speaking after their win last night over Clonakilty. Duhallo looking very good to uh, get to a county final again. They do, of course, have a semi-final to play yet. We're not going to write off anybody, but um, yeah, they are looking uh, very, very good. And uh, you saw them last night, anyway, Ryan? Well, yeah, I mean, like I, I can't. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've seen them too many times in my life, but certainly from what I saw yesterday, even anyway, they looked like they looked so strong. They looked a really experienced team. A really kind of you know they they know exactly the runs that all of them need to make. And like I say, just going forward, the attack was just dangerous. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with the bench and uh, just let us know what you thought of any of those matches today or last night, you can text 0868104106. You can WhatsApp the same number, of course, as well, or you can uh, tweet us. I was going to say Twitter us, but uh, it's all the one I suppose. You can Twitter us if you. <laughs> Plenty more to come. We'll hear from Larry Tompkins and we'll have a full time report from Leicester and Newcastle. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, welcome back to the Big Red Bench. It's gone full time between Leicester City and Newcastle United. There was five goals, not for Newcastle, Ryan. Derek Clark was there. Full time Leicester City 5, Newcastle United 0. The Foxes climb up to third in the table with a dominant display over a very poor Magpie side. Ricardo's fine goal gave them a half time lead before Isaac Hayden was sent off for a late launch on Dennis Pratt. Jimmy Vardy then netted a double either side of a Paul Dummett on goal before Wilfred Ndidi added a fifth late on to cap off a miserable afternoon for Steve Bruce. Full time Leicester City 5, Newcastle 0. Yeah. Very, very comprehensive win for for Leicester there, Ryan. Uh, Brendan Rodgers doing very good work. It must be said, they were up against 10 men for most of, for a lot of that game. And Newcastle not doing terribly well. No, no, not at all. No, And yet, to be honest, like that doesn't surprise me at all. They, you'd expect nothing less there. Leicester is such a, song, such a strong squad after bringing in Tielemans on a permanent contract. And they've got Ndidi as well, one of the best defensive midfielders in the league and obviously Vardy's still well capable despite what some people might say he's still well capable of banging him in he's still a great number nine to have and Newcastle just have nothing going for him at the minute now obviously Hayden going off did like hindered them even more but to be honest I was only ever seeing this going one way anyway and Leicester kind of deservedly third in the league now that's great hindsight you only saw it going (laughs) one way but you weren't like that earlier on today oh that'll be a close game now like you know (laughs) Like I did not. I said no such thing earlier. Uh, yeah. We don't speak outside the show, Kieran. We don't. Like we <laughs> and you know, funnily enough, I've just seen actually something on uh, Twitter, and it raises a good point. When uh, Harry Maguire was leaving for bigger and better things, going to United. Yeah, yeah. Apparently not. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And that mm-hmm. that'll just kind of show you. You know, like I mean, Leicester got eighty million odd pounds for him and they haven't even reinvested that that's in the bank so like they can look to to know if Vardy was going to push on there's talks of him going back to his kind of childhood club if they wanted to push on and get a striker they have that money in the bank now to to add another star player to that squad so I mean they're looking on the up for Leicester at the minute yeah still couldn't afford you though Um, (laughs) anyway uh, you wouldn't go you'd only go to Arsenal Um, right uh, plenty of uh, updates still to uh, come between now and 7 o'clock but uh, I was joined by a man today in studio called Conor O'Keefe Ryan he's going doing 32 marathons in 32 counties with wearing 32 pounds of weight my god Um, um 
It sounds tiring. It sounds scary. It sounds scary. scary. It sounds more than tiring. <laughs> yeah, so Connor dropped into studio earlier on today. And I must say, this interview kind of took a life of its own earlier on today. We talked about a, a huge, vast range of uh, things, uh, even outside the, the 32 uh, marathons that he's going to be running. But th- this man is an absolute athlete. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Like, I, he was coming in top of 32 marathons, right? He's running... All tons of different, uh, like real tough races. I can't remember yeah. the words that can, we, can, we talk about. Can this, I but. just say, just just real quick, before you interviewed him, I walked out, I walked past him, and he was in the. Yeah. He was just waiting for you to come out and get him. And this guy is running, like you say, thirty-two marathons, thirty-two countries, all that. I walked by him so I could get in my car and go down and get a chicken roll from the petrol station. And you didn't even use the stairs; you used the lift. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, making us all feel bad, but uh, yeah, Conor O'Keefe was in talking about that earlier on today. Okay, uh, I'd like to be joined in the studio by uh, Conor O'Keefe. Conor, welcome to the bench. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, listen, your Roar was talking to me about this during the week and we just, we got drained even thinking about what you're setting uh, yourself up for. Uh, just uh, explain what it is. Um, well, in on the 1st of April uh, next year, um, I'm going to start 32 marathons in 32 days in the 32 counties of Ireland. Um, mm. Now, that's actually been done before. Um, so I kind of wanted to put a bit of a spin on it. Um, I'm looking to raise €100,000 for Pieta House. And mm. so I decided to, to kind of make a bit of a difference on it. And I, I said that I would put £32 weight on me for the first marathon and that I would lose £1 a day. Um, I suppose, Kieran, that's kind of more of a, a symbolic way for me. Um, it really does tie in with the whole um, fundraiser for RPA the House in yeah. that. It's kind of, the weight is a, a physical weight that will symbolise, I suppose, the weight that I felt on my on my shoulders when I struggled with my, my mental yeah. health. Um, and I'm going to put the weight back on and over the 32 marathons I'm going to lose it again and hopefully with the whole nation by me. Uh, why 32 is it just because there's that many counties just because there's that many counties and there's that many marathons I said I'm going to just put 32 pounds on and I'm going to lose one pound a day and um, I think it's going to be great that um, so many people are looking to get involved already so many people want to run parts of the marathon with me want to run full marathons with Mm me I said this is kind of going to be a thing where I'm not the only one who's going to be losing the weight I think everybody's going to feel it you know um, over this over this this month uh, the idea for the, the whole thing you touched on it, your own mental health and all that but um, the idea to do the 32 counties uh, you've mentioned why 32 uh, pounds weight but uh, just the idea around the whole thing yeah um, I suppose I got into ultra running okay. um, about a year ago um, I was sitting down in the elm tree um, in Glowenton it's a little plug for the elm tree yeah. um, I was sitting down there and I was eating a carvery lunch with my mate and um, we got obsessed with a guy called David Goggins I don't know right. if you know Never this guy that. yeah he's um, he's a former Navy SEAL Army Ranger he's a um, a world record holder and a general badass really like you know and he's an ultra marathon runner and I said do you know what we'll do we'll do a hundred mile race uh, I said search there Mark if there's a hundred mile race on in Ireland like you know and uh, he just searched up on his phone he said oh there's one in seven weeks I said book it book it for the two of us and we'll just do right. it now if we book it now we'll do it uh, seven weeks later we found ourselves on the start line of the Connemara 100 mile right. ultra marathon now my body gave up on me after about 50 miles yeah 
but I actually ended up crossing the line and finishing okay. after 28 hours and finishing the 100 mile race um, now that kind of brings in why um, the, the the body mind connection is so important to me mm-hmm. was that I didn't know it then but it was giving me a sneak peek into how I was going to um, go forward and um, in, in the following May I entered a race called the Enduro Man 200 mile ultra marathon right. which is 324 kilometers now the route is 1.1 mile loops right. 182 okay. times and there hadn't been a finisher of that race since 2016. Okay. Uh, there's only been one guy to finish the race within the 60-hour time limit that you got. Um, and I had four months to train for it. Um, I ended up winning it, uh, becoming the only finisher um, that year, uh, and becoming the second person to finish the race in under 60 mm-hmm. hours. Um, and I finished in the time in 59 hours and 45 minutes. So I was cutting it a bit close. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I, I, when I was training for that, I thought back to my 100 mile race and how my body had given up after 50 miles mm-hmm. and how it was my mind that basically took over and started to talk to me and started to tell me what was going to happen. Yeah basically took over the reins took over the steering wheel um, and that's why I was able to cross and after I crossed the line between the 10th of August and I crossed the line of the 100 mile marathon to the 31st of December that year I only ran once mm-hmm. I had completely lost all um, motivation for running um, I entered a really really dark and depressive time um, over mm-hmm. those couple of months and it was really when I when I woke up on the 1st of January on the 2019 of 2019 and, and then this 200 mile marathon was presented to me by my mate who I had done the Connemara 100 with I said I'm going to do it I'll do it with you and you know this is a guy who'd been sitting down at the bar slugging pints for the last four months (laughs) and smoking cigarettes and trying to chat up girls in the smoking room and you know just completely and utterly not not doing what I was what I was supposed to be doing in terms of this ultra ultra um, endurance kind of journey and um, when I when I said to him on the 3rd of January that I was going to run this 200 mile race uh, he had this look of scepticism on his face and I'll never forget it for until, you know, until the day I die yeah. um, but I knew then that I was going to be at the start line I didn't know that I was going to cross the finish line mm-hmm. but I knew I was going to be at the start line and I suppose my journey through ultra now is kind of like what's next? What do you do after 200 mile race? Mm-hmm. I said you do 32 marathons in 32 days in 32 counties right. for 32 pounds Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did your friend mark it on? Did he? Um, he he finished okay. the uh, hundred mile race with me. He unfortunately sustained a terrible injury okay. um, in the two hundred mile race. He actually had to pull out after a hundred miles. But the man struggled through an awful lot of injuries afterwards and just in uh, actually this month came 8th in the Kerry Way Ultra it's 120 kilometres through some of the most rugged landscape in the country um, it's 200 kilometres and he came 8th overall it was a fantastically ran race so uh, well done Mark I yeah. said well done that day and I say well done again uh, Would it be fair to say life's kind of completely changed now because if you would have been like you mentioned sitting at the bar doing everything but yeah, anything related to running? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I like. I don't drink anymore. Um, I'm, I've yeah. been completely dry and sober for eight months now. Eight months. Yeah, yeah. just turned eight months on the twenty sixth, and um, it's it's completely changed my life. Um, I definitely. Um, it, it's 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 
something that burns in a passion inside of me now. It's not something mm-hmm. that I like. I I um I get up every morning at five o'clock. Um, basically, okay. every morning I get up at five o'clock and I'll run. Um, I remember days when it, when the alarm used to be going off at eight o'clock, and the last thing I could possibly think of was getting up and facing the day. Mm. And now five o'clock hits. I'm not jumping out of the bed. <laughs> but. I, I, I do have this passion that no matter how long it does take me to get out of bed I'm going to mm. get out of bed and I'm going to get onto the road as soon yeah. as I'm on the road it all makes sense to me my whole life has, has completely changed around completely yeah. changed around um, going back to the the 32 marathons essentially uh, routes wise uh, like have you had a pick in them or, or, okay. that's the, the main this little smile tells me a lot yeah that's the that's the big question I, I'm like I'm a real optimist I'm a, I'm a doer uh, but I'm like I'm 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 definitely um, a spur of the moment guy okay. I'll think about something I, it'll become a reality in my mind and yeah. then and then we put the building blocks together you know it's like okay. I'm going to just say this is exactly what I'm going to do it will happen I just don't know yet how it's going to happen um, I just have to make the skeleton route I suppose yeah, what yeah. counties and what days and um, I'd like the routes to bring me through some of the main areas of each place yeah. because this is I'm a very, very proud Irishman. I'm a proud Cork man, yeah. um, and I. But I, I really want to um, have this as kind of a journey through my own country and through the people um, in my own country as well. So I really want to um, go through some of the main areas, go through the main street of every place, um, so go through the the Patrick Street in every yeah. county, um, meet people, um, hear people's stories about their own um, um, journey through mental health. I, I want to to I want to touch base with everybody that I can. Um, so I will first of all create a route where um, I know what counties I'm going to be in and what days, and then I'm going to hopefully um, have have the kind of the more um, uh, better idea. Of yeah, the, a better uh, idea then of, of where I'm going to be going. Um, you mentioned the charity Pieta House. Mm. Uh, that was obviously easy decision for you to make. Yeah. I actually, when I was in, um, when I was going through my own bad times, um, I didn't seek the help mm-hmm. of somewhere like Pierre House, which would have been absolutely invaluable to me if I had. Um, one thing was I didn't really know um, to the full extent of what yeah. they did. I didn't realise that they're completely free. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to pay um, to get uh, counselling from uh, counselling services from Pieta House. They only get about 15% um, of their costs covered so they really do depend an awful lot on, um, on, on donations and on fundraising. It takes about a thousand euros to put through someone through um, a full um, cycle of uh, of counselling. So with this hundred thousand euro, it could, it's a hundred thousand euro. It's a hundred people that are going to be seen by Pieta House, mm-hmm. and, and it could be a hundred lives saved. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, um, so it's um, it's very very costly for them to run. But um, they do fantastic work. They free counselling work from all ages. I think they work. I I, I was talking to Darren um, in the Cork office uh, up in um, Shanachiel, and he said that they deal with individuals from five to eighty five, and that's okay. that's a uh, that's their age demographic. So no matter what your age or your gender or your demographic whatsoever, you can get help from Pieta House if you need it. I mentioned five. 
if yeah, as young as that. Absolutely, they actually have um, they actually have special um, uh, rooms as well for for mm. children and things like that to make it a more inviting um, area for them and a, a more more inviting environment, more comfortable environment for them. And uh, the the um, the building that they actually have in Cork in Shanachiel is actually it's a, it's a really really be- a lovely building, very yeah. very calm, relaxed environment. I had the pleasure of going in there and talking with Darren myself the other day. Um, and um, it's really, it's really a worthwhile cause. That's why yeah. I wanted to get behind them. Yeah, it's just at the bottom of that big long hill there. Yeah. Um, the reaction you've got since you uh, it's have been this. astoundingly and overwhelmingly okay. positive. Um, it catches me out sometimes. Actually, when I get I get email alerts that people have made donations of a hundred or hundred and fifty yeah. euro to my cause. Um, I'm sometimes out on a run and, I'll, and um, my phone's hooked up to my Garmin yeah. watch and I'll, I'll just see a, a donation flash up and um, I would never have been a typically emotional guy I would have been a typical Irish man yeah, in yeah. that you, know, you don't show emotion or um, you don't really deal with that kind of side of things man I sometimes like I have to kind of like fight myself and welling yeah. up sometimes because I'm so passionate about it it just spills yeah. over sometimes and the supportive messages that I'm getting from people um, from all over the country and internationally has just been incredible man incredible yeah. it means a lot to you it means it means the world to me I think is is the is the term yeah, I'm looking yeah. for you know uh, it means everything to me it's what gets me up at 5 o'clock in the morning it what's have, has me running you know half marathons 30 kilometres mm. a day it's it's um, it's what pushes me and drives me every every minute of the day you know yeah. uh, motivation do you struggle to you, you mentioned getting out at five yeah. up at five and go running and that but uh, the motivation to do all this is it I, hard to get it every day I have um, I, I, I give an awful lot of talks around the country these days okay. um, which I'm really really pleased to have an opportunity to do um, people have been getting in contact with me to talk and uh, it's been fantastic I just had one in Limerick last night at an at a event called Sports Mind it was really really worthwhile I have a, my own kind of stance on okay. quote unquote motivation. Um, I've been motivated um, hundreds of times throughout my whole life. Right. Uh, I get motivated and, I, and I'd be on this upward curve and then the motivation would wane and it mm-hmm. would fall off and I'd go back down in the track. I, I've multiple times, I, I remember on the 1st of January 2018 waking up and saying, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to change my life, yeah. you know? And I said, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do dry January, you know, I'm going to get off the booze right. now and, uh, you know, I'm going to ignore all the texts and all the calls. He was saying, oh, come on, Connor, let's go out and go on the lash and go chase women. I'm like, Dad, I, I told you I'm off the drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, 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 uh, I kept on falling back to default. Um, and what I was searching for in 2019 wasn't really motivation; it was meaning, okay. uh, meaning and purpose in my life. Motivation is something that you have to look to the outside world for. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It's not necessarily something that builds inside new and can be fostered and maintained and grown. If you search for meaning and you search for purpose in your life, whatever that, whatever way that might may be, whatever it may take, like journalism for yourself, yeah. like something that drives you, um, you don't need to search for motivation. You don't need to take that pill of motivation every couple of months to kind of yeah. restart the fire. The fire is inside in you and the fire can then go outwards and into other people and inspire other people in, in, in their own way and, and they can take their own kind of a turn on what you're doing. Okay. Um, so when I, when I, when I'm, um, you know, five days into a training week, I've done a hundred kilometers and I've done multiple gym sessions and I'm sore and I'm tired. 
I have a kind of a saying that uh, when you don't want to do something, it might just be the perfect time for you to go do it. Right. So um, I kind of live for the times where I don't really want to get up at okay. five o'clock and I don't want to lace up the runners and I don't want to run because it's those times when you decide to do it when you don't want to do it. They make the difference when life gets sh- when life gets yeah, yeah. bad. Yeah. When life turns on you, it, it builds that strength. I'm fairly sure 20 marathons in, I'm not going to want to get out and do marathon number 21. Mm. But I've been there, I'll have been there 100 times, 150 times before I get out there and I run those marathons. Yeah. I'll know, I'll be comfortable within the uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? Um, how's training going? Training's going very well. Okay. Um, I did 30 kilometres yesterday. I'm going to hopefully do another 30 kilometres after we finish up here okay. today. Um, I've got a cut on my foot that's that's uh, it's turning my it's turning my socks uh, red FM red um, every time <laughs> I finish up yeah pretty red um, and I'm hoping that it, it's it's probably not going to it'll be just as bad I would imagine today but I'm still going to get out I, I said it in my head that I wanted to do 60 kilometres okay. over the weekend so I did 30 yesterday I owe another 30 to myself so um, training's going very well it's a lot different to when I was training for the 200 miles because um, for the 200 miles, it was kind of like I wanted my body composition to be good. I wanted to be light, you know, yeah. one kilo over 324 kilometers is going to make a difference. Yeah. So I wanted to be quite light. For this, I have to be kind of strong too. Yeah. So strength and conditioning is is, uh, is a huge part of it now too. So um, I'm going to be doing two back-to-back strength and conditioning sessions every week mm-hmm. um, to, to, I suppose make sure that I'm not only able to run the marathons but that I'm able to carry the weight and that my body is able to be um, try and injury proof myself as much as I can so so training is going very well so far and look before I leave go Connor uh, yeah. where can people get more information about what you're doing well the majority that? of the promotion and the majority of what I've been talking about is on my Instagram okay. uh, C-O-K-E-E-F-F-E C-O-K-E-E-F-F-E. Um, and there's a link in my bio to donate it links you to my website conorokeefe.com and um, people can make a donation from there and they can also follow me on Instagram I, I do post up regularly about what I'm doing my training I, ta- I, I, I try and make a few crappy jokes and you know I'll, I'll try and uh, I, I, I try and take a, a light hearted approach to a quite a serious um, subject you know um, and I like to uh, I like to just share kind of the aspects of my life that people are interested in the training for the 32 32 32 what I'm doing to try and promote it and um, uh, so everybody can get involved on my Instagram and uh, that's kind of probably the best way cool. well uh, look Connor best luck with that and thanks very much for joining no worries all. thanks you're on yeah, Connor in with us uh, earlier on today. Very uh, inspiring lad, actually. To be Very fascinating to be fair. guy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like that's real, real fascinating interview, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was very well done by yourself. And really, <laughs> like, no, seriously, that was really, really good. And he sounds really, really interesting. Like, it's he's after making me feel. You know, I was going to stop off and maybe get get a takeaway or something for dinner, but I'd know. I'd, I wonder should I just be going down to the lock or something now for a run? You know, uh, I'm still I'm still getting a takeaway. Sorry, right? <laughs> You're on your own. I'm definitely getting a takeaway. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, very inspiring lad. Uh, you heard details there on uh, how you can get involved or find more information on what Connor is doing. Um, and if not, uh, you can hear it back on the podcast. And it's actually definitely worth listening back to that interview because um, that chat just 
just took its own life kind of Connor came in to talk about the 32 marathons in 32 days put it on 32 pounds of weight but um, kind of went off uh, talking about lots of lots of different things so a uh, very good chat earlier on today um, so uh, thanks very much to Connor for coming in um, I oh yes uh, hi to uh, Michal he's tuning in glad I said I'm a United fan Ryan I'm not a United fan. Well, um, you certainly sounded like one at the top of the show, Kieran. So keep the text coming, everyone. That's uh, the new the new red devil that is Kieran O'Regan. <laughs> the, the problem here is Ryan is an Arsenal fan. Every chance he gets, he's been very quiet tonight. But any chance he gets normally, it's all about Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. <laughs> so I just wanted to put a little sting in the tail there. But uh, no, I'm not a United fan. Follow Liverpool maybe a bit loosely. I got pulled on that earlier on today as well. We were at the Red FM under 21B hurling final. I was uh, questioned over my uh, support of Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, if it's uh, if it's Liverpool win the league or Mallow taking a county championship, like where are you? Do you know where do you? I'm not a diehard. I'm a, a loose, loose. Oh, you're fan. a fair weather fan. Not a fair weather fan. I follow them every week, and it wrecks Roar's head. So, because <laughs> Roar hates. Well, now it. we know why you do it. <laughs> Roar towards everyone but Liverpool. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, plenty of action up in Dublin. We wouldn't normally do this, but uh, Dublin were having their homecoming uh, this evening for the senior men's and senior ladies teams who uh, won the All Irelands. But uh, Stephen Cluxon doesn't normally do a whole pile of talking um, especially after they win the All-Ireland he's uh, quite reserved but uh, this is some uh, audio of him the captain of the senior men's after the uh, homecoming at Marion Square in uh, Dublin earlier on today An All-Ireland winning captain from Parnells Stephen Cluxton <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Cluxton. How are you? Good to see you. I'm over here a small bit, uh, Stephen. When you were growing up, uh, a little boy, dreams, was it a dream to play for Dublin? Uh, so that was a long time ago when I was a young boy, so... <laughs> um... <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You, you just take small goals. I think in, in life, you know, just just do your best, and, and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. It's been a remarkable uh, career, time, by the way. Uh, but I mean, to li- <laughs> no, no, not at all. We hope not. Uh, but to lift the Sam Maguire five times in a row is phenomenal. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, does it register with you? Um, I. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's uh, it, 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 it's just um, I suppose when you're playing, you can't really take stock of it. You just have to put it aside and, and move on to the next year. Um, so once once it's done, it's it's done and, and it's set in stone, and you can move on to the next year. And in January, then it's uh, it's the, that year. Then you know you're you're starting to look forward ahead. Oberon Cup League and then championships. So. Yeah, Stephen Cluxton, uh still quite reserved at the homecoming at Marion Square. Took it all in his stride there, didn't he? <laughs> he sure did. He wasn't able to answer that question about um, if you thought about playing for Dublin when he was a child. You'd think that would be an easy enough 
question to answer. Of course, yeah. of course, I want to play with your county. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, playing it cool, playing yeah, it uh, cool. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, there is going to be a change in the structure next year. It's thought uh, it could be voted on at special congress in Parky Cueve next month. Uh, in two three weeks, actually, down in Parky Cueve special congress, there's going to be a, believed to be a second tier in the All Ireland Senior Football Championship, which. Uh, there's a couple of permutations in Munster because if you get into the, it's for Division 3 and Division 4 teams but you get away with it you won't go into it if you get to a provincial final um, so they, because there's three Munster teams four Munster teams down there even five actually sorry um, or six all the Munster teams are down uh, really bar maybe Clare but um, yeah like you've Tip you've Cork Waterford Limerick um, they're all down there so they could end up facing each other in the Tier 2 Championship. Anyway, that may not pass. That's going to Special Congress. But uh, interesting times ahead. Um, anyway, that's it from the, the bench for this evening from myself and Ryan. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in and the uh, podcast will be up uh, this evening. Thanks. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.